Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our headphoned, our haired, our bearded, our nosed, our eared, our eyed. He's kind of got all these standard parts. Co-host, Kyle. Kyle and I are going to talk about a topic this week. I don't know what that topic is. We are going to debate it vigorously. We're going to rank it. We're going to re-rank it. And then by the end of this episode, Kyle and I will have a definitive top 10 list of that thing. So, Mr. Kyle, what are we talking about this week? Thank you, Michael, for uh, describing my visage there. You're right. I've got all the parts I need to do this top 10 list. So, the other day, Allegis and I were watching television, as you do. It's a good thing to do. And a commercial came on for a show. I don't, I don't even remember what it was called. I don't remember anything about it. The only important things about the commercial were that it was a show. It was like very clearly like a family oriented kind of sitcom-y show. Mm-hmm. And who do I see in the show but Walton Goggins? Like clearly trying to be. A- yes, it's called the, the Unicorn, I think. Something like that. Maybe that's it. And we both stopped and we were like, what the fuck is Walton Goggins doing in this show? Like he's. He has to be some kind of like sleazy, vaguely villainous kind of guy. I think he may have been nominated for an Oscar, right? Like he's it doesn't. Well, he's we, a BFD. Yeah, he is. But like we were very confused because when you see Walton Goggins, you know that guy is up to no fucking good. He just looks like a guy that's up to no good. And so we were confused as to why he would be in a show like this. And then I got to thinking. There are probably other actors like that who you see and you're like, that guy's a fucking villain. Like, or you just see them a lot in villainous roles or that's just what they're known for. Like they're villainous actors or actresses. And so that's this list. We're going to talk about the top 10 like typecast villain actors. Oh, I like this so much because you and I have definitely discussed a lot how much looks impact the arc of a particular actor's career. Like one of the great examples is Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi is like, has real dramatic chops as an actor can really kind of hold the screen, but he is so unbelievably difficult to look at. Yes. That he's very rarely cast as a leading man. Um, you know, unfortunate for him and certainly unfortunate for us because I want more of him. But I think this definitely happens with with people with kind of uh, resting dick faces. Yeah. So there's a lot of people like that. And we're going to talk about as many of them as we can. Steve Buscemi is I had him on my he doesn't make the list, but he's a really good example of guys that like just based on their looks are kind of (laughs) relegated to these kinds of like sleazy characters. Oh, I really like this. Yeah. So when I was thinking about this, I picked character like the basis that i used was like first of all like what's their most iconic villain role like the how Mm -hmm. iconic your most villainous role is has an effect and then also like the number of villainous roles you've been in but sometimes an actor runs into a thing where like they occupy like kind of a they straddle the line where like you may also have played a lot of like heroic characters or like a single heroic character that kind of offsets offsets your villain score and so like if, for example, you have a really, really famous villain role, but also a very, very famous heroic role, like you may be relegated lower on the list. Like I have saved oh. the top spots for people that are exclusively doing like villainous work, or at least this the vast is majority. so interesting. There's right. also this interesting phenomenon where, because it's funny, I googled this 
right? You know, when you said it, because I want to see what the internet thinks. And one of the first people who came up is an actor who sometimes is not playing a villain, but still comes off as slimy and sleazy. And I think his score will tend to be really high because he can't even play like a true nice guy without infusing it with some villainous uh, sort of vibes. I'm excited to hear what you have. Also, yeah. I, this is just art. We do this a lot, but I don't have any female actors, actresses on this list. But and that's not what I meant to do. So yeah. I, we, sh- we should. There's include- one. There's one that it came up in the Googling and she absolutely should be on this list because she plays a villain for adults and a villain for kids who's great. So I've got I've got some ideas for us there. There's a couple that we can that we can talk about. So but just be aware that that's not my intention here. Yeah. So I'm, we'll, we'll amend this later. So we'll just roll right into it. Number 10 is Walton Goggins. I think he's the perfect number 10 because I just I don't think I've ever seen him do anything where he's not a villain. So I wrote down the stuff you might know him from if you don't know the name off the top of your head. I, the thing is, he did, he's probably most known for his recurring role on Justified, but he's like a scumbag in everything you've ever seen. He was in Django, Hateful yep. Eight, Tomb Raider, The Righteous Gemstones, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, wherever he shows up, you just know he's up to no good, and if you Google him, you'll see why. He just kind of has a kind of a sleazy, kind of villainous look to him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's funny because I think that his role on that show, The Unicorn, probably to a certain demographic undercuts this a little bit because I think he's playing like a real sweetie pie, (laughs) which is funny because he kind of I think he has a little bit of villainous versatility in that he I'm trying to remember, but there's been a couple roles where he played a really dumb character who was evil, but he could also play like the smart sly villain yeah. He just has a kind of an interesting, weird look, vocal patterns, like everything about him just suggests villainy. He's usually playing, even if the story is not set in the South, he's usually using a draw yeah. of some kind. Is he actually Southern? He must be. I don't know why else yeah. he would do it in like everything he does. The Gemstones yeah. is a good example of him like... He's actually a really likable character. Like his whole point is that he's very gregarious and like charismatic, but he's just a real piece of shit. So like, yeah, that he's really good at that. I just he's got he's in everything. Like you've definitely seen him in a lot of things you don't really remember exactly yeah. where he's from. He's one of those guys, and it just seems like for the most part he's always not a good character from a moral yeah. perspective. So totally agreed. I like it. Number nine, I have Mads Mikkelsen. This guy really looks like a villain. <laughs> he sure does, uh, especially when his eyes are bleeding. <laughs> I don't usually consider myself to be in trouble until I start weeping blood. Ugh. So you might <laughs> you might know Mads Mikkelsen probably most famously from Casino Royale as Le Chiffre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does not believe in God. He believes in a reasonable rate of return. He sure does. But he sure does. He also uh, played, I think, Caecilius in Doctor Strange, and he had like a three-year run on uh, as Hannibal Lecter on uh, the show yeah. Hannibal. Now, can I ask you this? So I didn't. So I'm aware of the show Hannibal or Lecter, Hannibal or whatever the hell it's called, and that he was supposed to be really good on the show. Is it our? Is it your understanding? I, I, you haven't seen it, right? No. That he does okay. So, do you know is he playing that as a straight villain, or is he being very cooperative with the FBI on that version? 
I don't know. My dad would be a good person to ask. I think he yeah. watched it. But the point, I think, I think that kind of makes the point even further, is, like, even if he is playing somebody that's cooperative and helpful, he's still got, like, a very yeah. sinister vibe to it. Kind of like, kind of like Anthony Hopkins. Like, actually, but who I didn't put on this list, but maybe I should have. So that was Anthony Hopkins was actually one of the first people I wrote. So we will be talking about Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Yeah. The, the yeah old- he's, he's, he's great because I think there's definitely a, a sort of like a, there's like a nationality element to a lot of villains in American cinema. I think, I think it was a, an observation from the ringer and it's, it's definitely a good one. It's not an incredibly insightful one, but just that, the villains in in big action movies tend to reflect sort of what's going on in the times like you know you go back into the 70s and 80s they're all russians and then there's a lot of japanese and chinese villains and then now they're all hackers and like the, you know there's there's an evolution but i think one thing that's pretty constant probably because it's you know the american film business is the biggest one foreigners just really kind of like they get the villainous roles a lot more than like native born Americans do. And I think there's something in particular about Scandinavians that seems to freak out American audiences. So Mads Mikkelsen is definitely, uh, I think a part of that. He's a big part of it. I wish yeah. he, that he was in uh like if they had made more girl with the dragons had two sequels, he would have been really good in one of those movies. Oh my god, he'd be a great, like, I forget all the characters now, but he'd be like a great scumbag cop in in the department or something like that. <sighs> missed opportunity. The, the only thing, a missed opportunity. The only thing in his pro column, he was in Rogue One and played a good guy. But even then, he had to be kind of a dirtbag to be believably empirical. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He's, he's a guy who I could see having an interesting um, sort of later portion of his career where he plays good guys and i think would be really interesting in those roles because he'll bring some depth to it but for now he's 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 rarely getting those roles i would love to see him in a like a like a true detective type show set in like europe or something like he would be a good um like uh harry hole he'd be harry- good for for Boom. like the joe nesbo stuff yeah let's cast him as harry hole instead of fastbender yeah yeah, that would be great. Anyways, that's Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, number eight, I have, st- sticking with the, a Rogue One theme here, and this guy, maybe in five to ten years, will be higher on the list, uh, is Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> He's the villain in everything. He's a fucking villain in everything. So you'd probably know him from, he was the villain in Rogue One, he was the villain in Ready Player One. He was, like, kind of a low-level villain in The Dark Knight Rises. He was, like... Yep. Kind of the villain and then not the villain in Captain Marvel. Yep. <laughs> uh, he was in a movie I saw recently that I loved called Killing Them Softly. And he was less a villain than just a straight up scumbag. But he's all o- he's almost always at least a scumbag. Usually a villain, at least a scumbag. He's interesting, though. He, he presents a really odd case because there is uh, there are issues with uh, certain nationalities as villains i think there's an issue with people who have aussie or new zealander accents being villains because i think people perceive them as so friendly (laughs) so despite the fact that he's australian right i think so 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 what i I think he's australian so despite the fact that he is actually australian he almost never uses that in his villainous work because i think people perceive that as too like friendly and cutesy 
Yeah, I feel like Australian characters tend to be good guys. Yeah. Except for the cast of Kangaroo Jack. Those guys are mean. They were bad. They were bad. Also, Jason Isaac, not Jason Isaacs, um, Jason, oh, shit, the CIA guy from uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Oh. oh. I'm, I'm blowing it. I love that guy. I For whatever reason, my brain is blanking out on his name, but he was a great Australian villain in um, My Lips Are Sealed, the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen film. <laughs> oh, yes. Of course. He was, he was great on that. Very well known from that. Very well, yes. So what the hell is his name? I'll just uh, you keep talking. I'll do some googling. Well, I'll buy you some time, or rather, Kevin will buy you some time because right now, I need Kevin to hit the stanky, stanky beat. Mm, yeah, thank you. It was Jason Clark. That's Jason Clark. Jason Clark. Yes. Wow, way to stall Kev and way to lay down the, the stank at the same time. Yeah, really nice work. Very impressive multitasking. So for the mm-hmm. not top three, I put I kind of what I was alluding to earlier. I picked three actors who are really great villainous actors, but they're kind of excluded because their heroic roles are kind of their most well-known roles, and so it's hard to like entirely see them as villainous actors. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot because the good guy thing is pretty well trod, especially since we recently did a uh, Tom Hanks pod. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if this was just like good guy actors that can't play bad guys, it would be Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. Yes, clearly. So for this, I picked right off the bat, I did Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving's actually a great villainous actor. He's in The Matrix. He's uh, the Red Skull. He's V and V for Vendetta. All really, really good uh, stuff for his villain resume. Unfortunately, he's also Elrond. So I'm glad you mentioned Hugo Weaving because he actually was perhaps the first character I thought of when you or first actor I thought of when you mentioned this particular subset, because you're exactly right. Elrond really undoes all of the good work he does as a villain. He's it's too bad. Did you mention Agent Smith? Yes. Well, I said yeah. he's in the Matrix. I didn't say Agent Smith, but yeah, I fucking love him as the Red Skull. He's he, great. He's so good. But unfortunately, he is Elrond, and so alas, not much you can do with that. Another guy who has really good villainous chops, but who has played like some of the most iconic heroes ever, is Samuel L. Jackson. Like he's a great villain in uh, Unbreakable and Glass. He was oh. really good in Kingsman as Valentine, and he's like. Like, one of the most, like, a terribly evil character in Django. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's also, don't forget, I know that there's really no villains in uh, the Tarantino-verse, but, like, he is a villain as Jules. That's true. Kind yeah. of. So, but... Sort of. But he's also Nick Fury, Shaft, Mace Windu, and Frozone. Like, the guy is a hero. Oh, you know what's funny is... Of all of those characters, I'd actually argue that Mace Windu is, like, the most heroic. He's, in like, that's an incredibly important character who I just don't think anybody saw coming at all. Um, and Samuel L. was the only person who could who could pull that off, I think. I love Samuel L. as Mace Windu, and I like him as a villain, but I think ultimately he's heroic at heart as an actor. Um, am I allowed to mention a couple? I There's maybe a risk that I'll screw it up, but tell me. If I step on one? Uh, well, I'll finish off my three okay. and then... But yeah, I think that 
would probably whatever if you happen to pick some that are on my list i think that's good it'll be good for the debate okay the last one i had here was gary oldman because abs he was he's like the top of my one of the tops of my list for this one because he totally screws himself with sirius black and commissioner gordon like it's funny i remember when my dad saw gary oldman in i want to say batman begins was when it happened and he's like that guy, he didn't know his name, but he was like, that guy, he was like, he's Count Dracula. Like, to to people a little bit older than us, Gary Oldman is a very famous villain. Oh, like, yeah. Air Force One. Things. Yep. Fifth Element, Book of Eli, Planet of the Apes. Like, he's a villain. Planet of the Apes. Oh, my God. He's yeah. He's great. But yeah. he's serious black and uh, Commissioner Gordon and Winston Churchill. Like, the guy... Which I guess, depending mm-hmm. on who you ask, and George and George Smiley, like he's that's right. he, he's in, in. I mean, Sirius Black is enough to screw him. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. that, like, weirdly though, that kind of is a a, a mark mm-hmm. in both columns because yes. for the first four fifths of that movie, you have to believe that he's a murderous piece of shit, and, and very importantly. That if you were to try to catch... It would be like trying to catch smoke with some kind of smoke-catching implement? No, not that. Not like a vacuum. That would be too easy. Uh, with your thanks, ba- dude. With your bare hands. With your bare hands. Um, yeah, he's a great pick for that. Who else did you have? So I've got a couple. One that I... I so I'm, I'm going to get a little concerned. I might, I might say one, but Denzel... I didn't have Denzel on my... Okay, so Denzel's a great one because he plays some serious villains. I mean, like, most famously, he plays (laughs) one of the scariest villains of all time in Training Day. Yeah. But he's Coach Boone. Yeah. He's he's a guy who just, more than anything, it's just a testament to his range. He's just a a pretty crazy, versatile actor. uh, And he's played some really despicable villains, but also some great heroes. And some who have both elements. Like the Hurricane, Reuben Carter. Like, that's important for him to be able to do both of those things. Well, look at him in, like, um, he, he kind of, like, lately has taken on the, the Bruce Willis, Liam Neeson kind of thing, where he's just, like, yeah. a good guy who uses very violent tactics, like Man on Fire or, like, yep. the Equalizer, like that kind of thing. John Q. Yep. So. Um, this is one that not a ton of people are going to know, but is important, is Checky Cario. So he is the actor who plays Baptiste on The Missing. So he actually is a villain in a ton of things from like the 80s and 90s. Um, I think I was just looking. He was in Goldeneye. Um, I want to just pull up just a couple more things. Bad Boys, Goldeneye, Operation Dumbo Drop, The Patriot. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of movies that he's in where he plays either a truly evil guy or kind of a scumbag. He has destroyed that by playing one of my favorite television detectives slash general detectives of all time as Baptiste. I love him so um, much. He's amazing. He's a, and he's so human. Like this, the whole sequence of him um, helping that woman in season one while she was going through withdrawals from drug abuse was just when I still I'll never forget him handing her the lollipop. And it was just so like beautiful and kind. Um, so he ruined that. One other one. This one, I don't know what you're going to say to this. Tom Hardy didn't have him on mine. Okay, he is a he is so funny because he plays such a great villain. I'll use the perfect example. Is I forget now the character's name, but him in The Revenant. 
He's psychotic. He's violent. He's racist. He's horrifying. But at the same time, he's in warrior. He's great as a, like a semi villain on uh, Peaky Blinders. He plays one of the most heroic characters I've ever seen in a movie in Dunkirk. But he's, I mean, he's just, he's incredible. He's also roguishly likable in a lot of heroic roles, like in Inception. Yep. Also, I think it must be afraid to dream bigger, darling. (laughs) He's also like very likable despite being like objectively kind of in the wrong in, uh, that what's that movie where he just drives for an hour that we watched lock lock like yep another good example good pick for this list yeah so those were those were the couple that i was thinking of but i think that that category particularly just um it it brings up like real versatile actors it's kind of cool to think about somebody who can so perfectly embody both ends of that spectrum agreed all right back to the list then these next two people basically occupy like almost exactly the same space <laughs> this is why they're back to back these are people that have portrayed like an actor a villain so perfectly as to like be synonymous with that character and win an oscar for it and have had one or two other similar kind of villainous roles and like otherwise i haven't seen too much of them i'm excited to see what happens with their careers Number seven is Christoph Waltz. I, I When you were describing it, I was like, this must be Christoph Waltz. So, like, if we were to do a list of, like, the greatest movie villains of all time, Hans Landa is way up there. And then, like, apart from that, like, he was Blofeld Inspector. And I haven't, like, seen him do a lot of other villainous things because he's kind of, like, so put himself in this lane. But it's mm-hmm. such a good lane and it's such a perfect encapsulation of villainy that I think he deserves a spot. Yeah, I I totally agree with this. I think I think he's it's funny because he has a sort of a sweet looking face. He has a very soothing voice, but <laughs> but instead of relying on those things to be a good guy, he you, he weaponizes them as a really effective villain. The the perfect example is the opening scene of Bastards when he's just <sighs> Ooh. Ooh boy. Yep. He's very skilled. And then kind of in the same vein of Oscar winner for a villain role and then immediately goes into doing Bond villainy is Javier Bardem. So I I was hoping we were going to talk about Javier Bardem because he has um, I'm trying to think if I've seen him as like a sensitive, kind character before. And I'm not I think for some reason, I think I have. Well, do you know? That he is um, Florentino Ariza in Love in the Time of Cholera. Yes, yes, I do know that. I have not seen the film, mm-hmm. but what, but you're you're getting to something important about him is that I think he has more range than I've seen because I haven't watched a lot of his Spanish language work. But again, come back to this sort of concept of like the other as villainous. There's something about him that's really like he he trades on his otherness really well in no country for old men because he's supposed to just be like this force of nature who is neither one of the mexicans nor one of the american bounty hunters he doesn't he very clearly is not among either of those groups and so his like ability to sort of be a really effective english and spanish language actor really works in that because he has to kind of blend and then i think similarly in skyfall He's this weird bastard child of, you know, British intelligence 
but he's not British. And that makes him sort of other and strange. And But he's also not, he's not like a, a, a denizen of one of the Commonwealth nations. It would be different if he were from Hong Kong because he could have grown up as part of the Commonwealth. Like he's just, he plays this sort of citizen of the world in a way that really works. And this is like this, I'm sure if we talk to anybody who actually knew anything about his the full breadth of his career, they'd probably be insulted that we were talking about him only because of him being in No Country for Old Men and Skyfall. Like, I, this is a guy who I think is very, very well respected as an actor, yeah. especially in Spanish language films. So I want to acknowledge that. But for me, like, but we're but we're talking pretty specifically about his work in in English language film. Yeah. So when I see him, I think like, oh fuck, like that guy's. That guy's a villain. He's one of those terrifying villains I've ever seen on screen. Yeah. So. Call call it. Ooh. Okay. Number five. And this is someone who I struggled with, like, maybe putting on the not top three because he has played a hero in some cases, but he's played two of the most iconic movie villains ever. I'm talking about Ray Fine. Okay. So I... I think you're right in putting him here. I think he needs to lose some points for being a good doobie in certain roles, but he has played, he played the, probably the most evil person in film history in Schindler's List. I'm on Ghost. Yeah, that's the, that's like probably the most evil person I've ever seen in a film. And he plays one of the most iconic villains of the past, however, you know, 50 years of literature as yeah. Voldemort. There's really no amount of goodness in the English patient and, you know, constant gardener and skyfall and all that shit that Grand can sort Budapest. of wipe that away. Grand Budapest. Oh, he's great. In- I love him in Grand Budapest. I, I agree. Like, I think this is why he's at five and not higher. Like if it weren't for his he could other be stuff, one. Exactly. Cause uh, those two roles are, and he was nominated for Schindler's List, I think. I think so. He didn't win, but and, like to most people our age and like younger than us, people know Ray Fine as Lord Voldemort. Yeah. And so I think for that reason, he's also a really good villain in, in Bruges. I love him in that movie. He is great. I forgot about how underrated good he is in that role. Movie. Yeah, Ugh, he's awesome. Yep. Um, so that's Ray Fine at number five. Number four. In retrospect, it maybe should have been a little bit higher. For so- Somehow he was never nominated for an Oscar that I could find. And that's why I had him lower, because everyone that we've talked about from Christoph Waltz up has at least been nominated for one, playing, an a- playing a villain, and this guy has not, strangely. I think I know what you're about to say. It's Christopher Lee. Oh, that's not who I think you're going to say. Okay. Really? That surprises me. I maybe I'm just wrong and I couldn't find it, but I didn't see any nominations for him. But he has played like iconic villains in several of like the largest movie franchises ever. So yeah, a lot of people probably know him as uh, Saruman in Lord of the Rings or Count Dooku in the Star Wars trilogy. He's also the man with the golden gun, Scaramanga in sure James is. Bond. I really, I, the first time I ever saw Chris Lee in anything was this really dumb movie that we used to watch all the time as kids called The Stupids. He plays, <laughs> so Mr. Stupid works for the Postal Service. Is it S-T-O-O? Yes. Okay. He works for the U.S. Postal Service, and he starts to become aware of this grand conspiracy where this one individual is collecting everybody's mail, this mysterious figure named Sender, 
and a lot of mail says return to sender and he's wondering what this mysterious person is doing with everybody's mail and so chris lee plays sender and he's like sitting in a pile of like love letters and birthday cards just like laughing that they've all been returned to him and not to their recipients Um, i really like that so anyways that's chris lee and we talked about him before he's one of the greatest christophers of all time too you are damn right he is so are you researching if he's been nominated for an oscar that i just no you're definitely right he has not isn't that weird that is weird it's it's weird that he wouldn't have at least gotten like a courtesy nomination well, for somebody who was so famous for so long. Well, like why, when we were just handing out Oscars like candy for Return of the King, did he not get a nod there? It's confusing. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, he should have just gotten a nomination. Like it would have been a very obvious Lifetime Achievement nomination for that. I, it's confusing to me. Mm. Okay. So Chris Lee was number four. Top three. Um... I think I'll skip honorable mentions and let you tackle as many as you can, because I assume you'll have a pretty lengthy list, and then I can fill in gaps if you miss any. I think so. I want to just say, I'm thinking about sort of a different category that I think is interesting, too, because I'm doing a little bit of Googling as you're talking. There's a whole different group who could have been a different um, not top three, which is sort of actors who play good guys their whole career, and then punch you right in the dick by playing a bad guy really well because <laughs> oh. that's an interesting that's an interesting thing too like imagine how effective tom hanks could have been as a vi- or could be as a villain in some movie when you think he's the good guy you know what would be a good pick for that list would yeah. be um steve carell in the way way back how awful is that <laughs> that is such a great call he's <laughs> such a dick in that movie like borderline evil because you're waiting for him to be nice and it just never happens the shoe never falls yeah great call but that's a fun category because that is a category i wonder if there's enough of those that we could maybe just do another list on that i'm thinking about a couple what i wanted to name one that i think is a great one is richard harris aka and first dumbledore him as uh english bob i think is his name in unforgiven like he is despicable in that movie <laughs> truly <laughs> another person who's great at this is dumbledore 2 michael gambon who yeah. plays obviously dumbledore but he's also such an asshole as birdie's father the former king in the king's speech he's a total dickweed in gosford <laughs> park like some of these some of these guys who or you know ladies too who you think of as so nice when they punch you oof Imagine, imagine Morgan Freeman as a villain. Great example. How like, it would just throw you. It would just totally throw you. Wow. I kind of am hoping for that now. For him and Tom yeah. Hanks. Just to just do it mm-hmm. once. Just to say yep. you did it. Oh, I just realized that a, another great not top three would have been uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans is actually a dick in, like, most of his movies, and he just happens to be Captain America. Yep. Yeah, Anyways. he's kind of his own category. Uh, number three, then. I'll just go to number three. Number three is Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, so I'm currently watching, as I mentioned, The Master. And it's been interesting for me because I, I, you and I have sort of litigated this matter a little bit about the Joker. But it, it is interesting, kind of subject matter aside, the question of whether that was the right role for him of his last however many to get an Oscar for. Because I think he's won before, maybe for Gladiator. I'm not 100% sure. Whatever. The point is, the guy's done a lot of great roles. And this is one of the ones that'll be on his tombstone now. He basically is doing the Joker in The Master. 
And it's interesting because he's doing it in the context of a role that is not villainous. In fact, it's, mm. it's, he's the kind of putative protagonist of the film. And so I think his superpower is his ability to play every role he plays in just this incredibly honest way that's never afraid of being like sleazy when it's supposed to be a good character or kind of sympathetic when it's a bad character like which what character is more sympathetic and sad than commodus yeah it's a good point like he's he's different than most of the people on this list because like a lot of these villains that we're talking about are pretty unredeemable and like aren't necessarily complicated whereas like and Gladiator and Joker and, like, the other one I was thinking of was Sisters Brothers, where he's, like, kind of vaguely yep. doing this. Like, like all of those characters are sympathetic. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. You're kind of making me rethink this. But, like, he's almost... No, no, you're, you shouldn't rethink it. All I'm saying is that he's... I think this is his, this is his superpower. His superpower as a villainous actor is to make you forget that he's the villain. And he does it in the other way, which is like when he's the hero, you're like, ugh, this guy's the hero. He's just so good at that. For sure. I think like his, the Joker is not, it's so weird to think that like, not that long after the Dark Knight, like we're talking about another person doing the Joker and having it be like an all time role. But here we are. So, uh, number two, (laughs) this is a tough one because he does have one really, really, really several really great roles as heroes or like likable characters but the the dark side of his ledger is just so prolific uh jack nicholson what are you calling his good role well like what for example he's great and one flew over the cuckoo's nest like just a real hero oh that's a good point yep Uh, as good as it gets yeah um there are some situations where he's the good guy but okay i want to ask you this what is your favorite villainous role from jack nicholson I think he's, I my favorite is him in A Few Good Men. I think he's... That's me too. That's my pick as well. Like, because in The Shining, it's like, it's it's a great performance by him, obviously. And it's terrifying. But it's like, it's a purely like, he's like a, he's a monster in that movie. It's a monster yeah. movie almost. It is. And like, him as the Joker is like kind of campy and like... And the departed and, and way more fun and, and high quality than you remember. Right. The departed is another great one, but like a few good men, I think is him at the peak of his powers. And it's the most interesting one because he's like, he kind of right. Well that, and he just like truly <laughs> believes that he's the good guy. Like in his, which is always the scariest thing. Exactly. Like in his mind, like he is doing the work of the American people. And like, he is the one protecting all these people and this punk kid tom cruise is just a a shit stain and like needs to stay out of here and like that's why he's so effective as a villain in that movie and like when he loses his shit it's like (laughs) it makes the movie it's it's one of the that's one of the best scenes in movie history it's so i think we've talked about on this podcast before just how extraordinary tom cruise is in that scene and how the Jack Nicholson performance in that scene doesn't come close to working if you don't believe Tom Cruise could piss him off enough to get him to talk. Yeah. And so Tom Cruise is so important to this, but I just can't picture another actor 
maybe a few years before this Al Pacino. It wouldn't have worked because he's not enough of like a wasp looking guy. He's too short. I don't like, buy Pacino re- as military. Like, for so some if you've seen Scent of a Woman, he can do it. Like, I think there's a, there's a chance. Like, he could work as the sort of, like, Michael Corleone after the Marines. My point is, even with another, like, truly great actor, it doesn't quite work. And Jack Nicholson is just... He's just mind-blowing in this movie. And he's so great as a villain in everything he does as a villain. Like, I, you know what movie he's great in is Anger Management. Like, he's <laughs> he's technically i guess a good guy in that movie because he's a total <laughs> villain and he's awesome he's really good yeah i have him so he's won several oscars yeah but he hasn't won an oscar for a villainous role which i thought was interesting did he win for chinatown i don't know because he's so that's the thing about him is like you said there are a couple of really iconic roles where he's a good guy chinatown is is one where he might have actually won an Oscar and he's great, but I, there's nothing, nothing can wash away the here's Johnny scene. And, you know, you want the truth. You can't handle the truth like that. Those are his tombstone scenes. Yeah. Number one, this guy has a, a staggering number of. Yeah. Who is number one? Villain credits to his name. He's been nominated for one of these roles. He's never won an, an Oscar for playing a villain that I was aware of, but you see this guy in a movie and you know, like, this guy's up to no fucking good. <laughs> it's Ed Harris. <laughs> I, and this, this, is, this might be kind of a homer pick because Cam and I just I was going to say, this is for Cameron. We, we just have a, a thing for Ed Harris. But think about the number of movies he's been in. Like, Snowpiercer, The Rock, The Truman Show he was actually nominated for. Yeah. A Beautiful Mind. And then, like, just, like, a mind-numbing number of just, like, smaller movies where he's, like, a perfect villain, like, bad movies like national treasure 2 and geostorm and like shit you like know that. where he's a great villain is gone baby gone great pick like an incredible villain in that movie also westworld he's like so fucking good in westworld i yeah and then i, I just like can't think of anything where he's really a true hero i'm looking so in a beautiful i'm looking at uh his filmography right now he in a, a beautiful mind he's one of uh nash's delusions right he's like the fbi agent right yeah yeah. Oh, he's, man, he is so good. In The Abyss, he's kind of a hero, but, like, I don't know, no one's, no one's seen The Abyss, so it's like, who cares? Um, yeah. I just think, like, the fact that I can't, like, for most of these other people on this list, you can think of a role they played where they were. I, I like, actually don't think I can think of a time when Ed Harris wasn't the villain, which is why I put him at number one. Like, it's so consistent across his career. Yeah, I'm looking right now, I guess, in... um. He was in Apollo 13. Oh, mm, that's a good I mean, one. There's, I mean, that, but that's one. Like, I'm looking at Glengarry Glenn Ross. I'm trying to remember what his sort of thing was. They're all such scumbags in that movie. <laughs> uh, I remember him also being a, a scumbag, but yeah. like kind of a losery scumbag. He's just, he is such a terrific actor. I, I love him. Yeah, and he's just really good. So he might not be number one, but that was what I thought of. Like he's I'm one tr- one of the reasons I made the list in the first place. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm trying to remember who he was in a history. Have you ever seen a history of violence? Mm-mm. It's actually a really good. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Okay. Now I'm remembering. So 
Um, don't Google it because it's just very spoilery, but um, it's Vigo Mortensen plays a guy who kills these two uh, thieves who break into his house. And basically it opens up like this whole look into sort of what's going on in his world. And Ed Harris plays this guy who comes out of the woodwork to kind of get involved in his life. And he's fantastic. That's a gr- you should watch it. That's a great movie. All right. And he's really good. Ed Harris is in that movie. So is Viggo Mortensen. So that's my list. Uh, if you want, I go, love that. This is a great list. Go through who you're thinking, and then I've got a couple more. If you if they're not on your list, all right. So I'll mention uh, a couple. So one who I think deserves serious consideration on this list. I I kind of don't want to talk about him because he's a, an actual villain. Is Kevin Spacey? So <laughs> I I had him under. I had five categories here, and the Kevin. Yeah. I, the category here was DQ'd, but would probably be like number one otherwise. Yeah, that's fine. Let's just skip him. But yes, he's he would be pretty close to number one. Uh, Rutger Hauer. Ooh. So Rutger Hauer is a fun one. Um, for kind of two big reasons. One, Blade Runner. Yes. I I guess yeah, this is, depends on your perspective yeah. on who's a villain, <laughs> but I think for the majority of that movie, you would say he's the villain. So you have him in Blade Runner, and he's a terrific, underrated villain in Batman Begins. Oh, the board member. Yep, he's. Uh, didn't you get the memo? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's great. I think Anthony Hopkins um, should probably deserve real consideration. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. I'm assuming he's been good in some things, but he's got Westworld. He obviously has Silence of the Lambs, which is one of the top five or ten most iconic villain roles of all time. Yeah. Um, Have you ever seen the film Fracture? No. It's him and um, Ryan Gosling. And if I'm remembering correctly, uh, he is accused of killing his wife. And Ryan Gosling is either his attorney or the prosecutor. I think he's the prosecutor and um, holy shit. He is really creepy and really villainous in that. So I think Anthony Hopkins is probably like a real consideration. Yeah, I missed him. That's that's eh, all right. Just one, for one is, alone. Yeah. One is Jason Isaacs. So he's just a truly despicable Lucius Malfoy. He's also, uh, is it, is he Cornwallis? I think in the Patriot. I've never seen the Patriot. Really? It's a bad movie. It's a it's not a good movie, but it's fun. Now I'm trying to remember. He's not he's somebody very famous from history. He plays Colonel William Tavington, who maybe is not famous. Who plays Cornwallis now? <laughs> uh, hold on. I'm doing some Googling. Oh, Tom Wilkinson. Okay, that's who it is. Carmine Falcone uh. plays Tom, plays General Cornwallis. But Jason Isaacs is one. Another one, he's a little bit of a problem because he can play a really nice guy, but Giancarlo Esposito. I had him too. Yeah, so as Gustavo Frang, he plays uh, the dude with the dark saber in uh, the end of the Mandalorian. I had him under my needs more reps category. Like, so I think part of that is us. I think I think this yeah. is a little bit of an us thing because he was a big Spike Lee guy back in the day, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he played good guys or bad guys in the Spike Lee films, but I think our parents would remember him from a bunch of stuff. He also was one of the primary villains in the film Okja that I just watched and recommended to you. So he's fresh in my mind. I think for his work as Gustavo alone, he's kind of at least around the fringes. Yeah. A guy who cannot be anything but a villain, in my opinion, is Aiden Gillen. So as Lord <sighs> Peter Baelish, uh, he is 
utterly despicable as a uh i think he's a city councilman in uh baltimore on the wire he plays that douchebag cia agent at the beginning of the dark knight rises perhaps um, he's wondering why he would shoot a man before throwing him out of an airplane i mean it's seriously it's a good question <laughs> Uh, so I think Aiden Gillen is kind of a modern day one. I'm trying to see if there's anything. He actually turns out to be a, a nice kind of likable character in um, Peaky Blinders. But yeah, he's such so, a skis. Yeah, another one. This one, I think, doesn't count because he's got too many problems uh, as like his character's being complicated. But Alan Rickman. I had him, too. Yeah, I think Snape kind of ruins him a little bit. Yeah, which is too bad because he's Hans Gruber. Mm-hmm. But like when your most probably now most iconic role is a character who is so ambiguous, or not ambiguous, but complicated, it's tough to yeah. classify him purely as a villainous actor. Yeah. Um, okay, and then I've got a couple of ladies who I think should be probably on the list. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter. So... She has a little bit of a problem uh, for me specifically because she's so utterly likable as the support your man character in King's Speech. Yes. But she's terrifying and pretty psychotic and is really incredible as Bellatrix Lestrange. Not the character as written on the page. Uh, in fact, nothing like the character as written on the page, but she plays it really well. She's also kind of scary in Fight Club, although not really a villain. Yeah, but she is also scary, and that I agree. <laughs> a person who I don't think anybody would call a villain and really likes, but who has been a great villain a couple times, is Allison Janney. Uh. I think in the I, Tanya film, and in uh, the... She, actually, in the Way Way Back, I think she plays a real... There's been a couple other things. Um, she was in um, Girl on the Train as the, uh, the therapist. Yeah. I think she's a really good villain when she wants to be you know who's like that who <laughs> weirdly i think that like meryl streep is actually kind of a good villain <laughs> oh my god yes yeah. she people I, I didn't watch all of um the big little lies but people were pretty in love with her as the villain in season two yeah two more that i'd mentioned that i think should really be considered including one who i think definitely needs to be on the list tilda swinton oh duh um, she was one of the primary villains in Okja and is also, um, of course, the queen in um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Snowpiercer, Michael Clayton. Snowpiercer I have not seen, but I know she's not a sweetie in that one. Oh, how did I miss Tilda Swinton? Yeah, so she's a good one. Um, and then my last one, who also I think definitely has to be on this list, is Glenn Close. Yeah, um, actually, yeah, good pick. For us, I think of her primarily as 101 Dalmatians. Yes. But I think for, for a lot of people, um, thinking of her as a villain is, um, whatchamacallit, um, oh crap, uh, Fatal Attraction. Yeah. her ki She kills the rabbit, right? That's the one. I think so. Yeah. So I think Glenn Close should be on the list. Those are two really so, good picks. So I'm going to say Tilda Swinton, Glenn Close, Anthony Hopkins... And I'm probably going to, I think I'd give a, a strong just missed for Esposito and Gillen. Yeah, a couple more just to round out the honorable mentions that I had thought of. Jared Leto is kind of on his way. Did you say Jared Leto? Yeah, he was good. I like that. He's unfortunately too 
heartbreaking and great in uh, Dallas Buyers Club. He's really good as a villain in Blade Runner, and uh, like he's going to be Morbius, and he was terrible, but he was yeah. the Joker. Like he's like kind of in that realm. Michael Shannon actually is pretty good at a villain. Oh, uh, no, no, Michael Shannon's on the list. Yeah, actually, now that you say that he asked me, because he's he's Zod, he plays the uh, agent in uh, Shape of Water. He knives plays, Out. He, what did you say? He's real, He's like pretty, pretty dastardly in Knives Out. He's terrible. Oh my, Knives Out? He doesn't, it's not a villain. Have you ever seen the movie um, Kangaroo Take Shelter? Jack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I have not. He plays a guy who thinks that there's a like an apocalyptic storm coming and he builds oh. a, a storm shelter. It's very upsetting. He's not a villain, but and he plays an incredibly great villain, as I've shared before on Boardwalk Empire. He's like a religious oh, fanatic yeah. who whips himself. Nice. Yeah, no, Michael Shannon is has to be on the list. Great call. Uh who else? Oh, Glenn Fleshler, who you might not recognize the name, but he's Oh, the- I recognize him because he's he's uh whatchamacallit um billy ray tuttle right yeah or whatever tuttle he's so he's interesting he's not detective. a tuttle though what's his name his family's been here a long time a very long time what the hell why can't think of his name he's also great uh in as a villain Watchmen. in um yep yeah, he's yeah oh my god yeah he was also on boardwalk empire uh Ooh. and was really good he was really good in that errol childress that's what it was not a villain, but was creepy in Joker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's also in uh, Billions. He's he's really good. Uh, I He's great on Boardwalk Empire. The only other one I have here is uh, Ed Norton is like more of a scumbag than a villain. Yeah. Like in Rounders. And I guess he is a true villain, an Italian job, but I don't think he quite makes it. Yeah. And then the, the last one is Johnny Depp, who like. Has actually played a shocking number of villains, but I think ultimately he's Jack Sparrow to too many people. So, yeah, I think um, an- another person who, depending on how the next few years of his career goes, could be a good villain is uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Ooh, interesting. I mean, we've discussed that he literally just played um, the Joker as uh, Lex Luthor. Um, he didn't even try to do his own thing, but I think he's a good enough actor and is enough of a dick. I mean, he plays... Well, what a yeah. lot of people would argue is the greatest villain of the 21st yeah. century. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, he's those poor Winkle on the social network. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's a good that's a good pick maybe. So, okay, so we have some work to do then cuz I agree with all of your picks. I think we need to add Glenn Close and Tilda Swinton and Anthony Hopkins and I'm and ha- Michael Shannon. I'm happy to do Michael Shannon. I I'm interested to see what you think is is vulnerable because the way after we've talked about this, I don't think it's necessarily the bottom four for me. Yeah, I think as I look at it, I think Christoph Waltz is vulnerable, not because he's not a great villain, but because I feel like there's too much potential for him to do the nice guy thing. He's a TBD. We'll see what how things go. Yeah, over the next couple years, I think Javier Bardem, if we want to make space, can come off. Mostly because I think we can plead ignorance and just say, like, you know, we're probably missing some really important stuff for him. Yeah, I think Walton Goggins was kind of soft anyways, given, like, the notoriety of, like, some of the other actors on this list. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think maybe we, there it gets tough. I don't know. 
I'm kind of tempted to say Christopher Lee, but I also think that feels ridiculous. I don't want to get rid of Christopher Lee. I think I think we could go one of two ways. We could say Joaquin Phoenix is too complicated of an actor to be typecast on a villain list, or we can go the other way and say Mads Mikkelsen, uh, we're just going to replace him with another Hannibal portrayer and, and do it that way. We had him at nine anyways. You know what? Let's do that. That hurts because Mads Mikkelsen is so good, but I think that's the play. So I think, and I think Anthony Hopkins has to go very high. High. Like, if we're, yeah. I, I think he's like number four, I think. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Tilda Swinton might be, like, I, I might put Tilda Swinton next as number five. And bump Chris Lee and Ray Fine. Yeah. I, I'm having a hard time. I think I'm okay moving Chris Lee down a little bit, but Ray Fine as Voldemort and in Schindler's List, I feel like shouldn't go lower than five. What All if right, we did so let's do, Ray Fine at let's, five and Tilda till that six. six? Yeah, I feel good about that. I think we I think we need I think Michael Shannon should be ten. And I think Glenn Close should be I would call her number seven. So I would then push lead at nine and Mendelssohn to eight. Yeah, I like that. Damn, that's a hell of a list. That was a fun one to do. I like that. That's a really good one. All right. Well, in that case, I'll feels to me like we have a list, my friend. We have a, a top 10 list. We're at a cool 58 minutes. So this is going to turn out quite well. Yep. Except I'll... we talked for one hour before the podcast started. We did do that. We did do that. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, re- I'll, I'll recap here and we'll get the fuck out. Yep. Number 10, Michael Shannon, who you probably know most as General Zod in Man of Steel. Ben Mendelsohn, number 9. Uh, number 8, Christopher Lee. Number 7, Glenn Close. She's a cruel devil in one of the movies <laughs> that she's in. No, that can't be the name. That would be too obvious. Yeah, no, make it something less obvious. Uh, number 6, Tilda Swinton. Number 5, Ray Fine. Number 4, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Number 3... <sighs> Joaquin Phoenix, number two, Jack Nicholson, <laughs> and number one, Ed Harris. You're welcome, Cameron. Yeah, that's for you, Cam. This bud's this bud's for you. All right, that's that, Mike. Uh, thank you for participating in this exercise with me for an hour. Uh, I I literally couldn't do anything else if I wanted to. I can't get up from the couch. So that's true. I forgot we didn't mention that Mike is hobbled today. He's yeah, uh, got a cane. Actually, holding a cane right now. You're old man. <laughs> I, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm ugly you're, and dead. You're dead. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jin Yang. Thank you, Jin Yang. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Kevin McLeod, for our stanky beats. Thank you, Aaron, for our fantastic artwork. Thank you to Instagram for hosting Aaron's Instagram stuff at Sand Design. Just a lot of thank yous to give out. Yeah. And thank you to our delightful social media coordinator caroline labranti who actually today is out expanding her portfolio for her first ever wedding job oh she is the what they call the second shooter and not in the jfk sense (laughs) for a wedding uh so she basically is doing backup photos and hoping to build out her wedding portfolio wow Um, so it's actually really exciting so caroline does our social media uh she runs our top 10 km spelled out top T-E-N account on Instagram. You can check out her work on cml.photos on Instagram. If you have other things you want to discuss digitally, you can send us an email, top10km at gmail.com, also spelled out T-E-N. 
And finally, my friend, I'm assuming you're listening on one of them delightful podcast apps, but if you're looking for another one, there's Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcast app, a whole lot of them, and we're on pretty much all of them, my friend. Well said, Michael. Now, uh, I'd say go enjoy your day, but you're kind of just stuck where you are. I guess you can still enjoy your day. I will enjoy my day. I'm going to read about Einstein, watch uh, some weird movies, and um, maybe roll over a couple, you know, like a degree or two left and right. Wow. Big plans for my boy, Michael. I'll let you do it. Big stuff. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.